Welcome to Guided, a podcast all about following your intuition, no matter where it guides you. Hey everyone, welcome back to Guided. This is your host, Zach Luz. This podcast is all about following our intuition, no matter where it guides us. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about how to ascend even higher through spiritual friendships with our guest, Chelsea Skilakote. So the reason I wanted to do this episode is because there's this idea that in order for us to make progress spiritually, we kind of have to just isolate ourselves from the rest of the world and we have to walk our path alone. And while there's definitely some truth to that, I wanted to do this talk because one of the ways that I've accelerated my own spiritual progression quite a bit is through spiritual friendships. So on this episode, I'll be interviewing my friend and intuitive emotional advisor, Chelsea Skilakote. So Chelsea and I met randomly. We just started texting each other back and forth. We kind of got introduced by a mutual friend and it was uh, really, really cool. We had a totally unique dynamic from any of the other friendships I've ever had. And um, it was this cool thing that happened when I got to, uh, you know, I, I connected with someone purely on the basis of where we were at in our spiritual development. So it, it changed the way that I saw friendships. And um, I, I think it's really cool. And I wanted to share just how we've kind of arrived at that. Now, Chelsea, she is pretty amazing. Uh, professionally, she basically helps entrepreneurs resolve their business frustrations, emotional blocks, and find their blind spots so that they can accelerate the rate of their spiritual ascension. And with that, their wealth, the quality of their relationships, you know, their ability to lead, all those kinds of things. Um, and the way she does it is she scans people uh, kind of in the same way that I do it, a little different style. But basically, what she can do is without even knowing you, um, if you reach out to her, she can kind of step into your energy and just check out what's going on. And a lot of times she can explain the conflicts in your life that, uh, I mean, even better than you could even put them into words yourself. So she's used those abilities to help me accelerate myself um, and my own spiritual ascension, as well as entrepreneurship. And she does that with a lot of other people. Now, she always had this ability, or she always had really strong intuitive abilities. But as a kid, she learned to shut them down because she didn't want to, you know, frighten people or scare people off. But now she's kind of gotten to the point where she doesn't see her emotions as a threat to others. And instead, she views it as a source of immense strength and total maturity. So um, this episode is going to be really good for you if you would like to learn how to sharpen your own intuitive abilities and overcome that fear of judgment. If you'd like to learn how to use your intuition to be able to discern which friends are beneficial for you and which may be detrimental to towards your growth. We'll talk about how pedestal dynamics instantly kill friendships and what we can do to avoid that trap. Uh, we'll talk about how to get your friends to treat you better without even needing to ask. We'll also explore how to transcend pain as a mechanism for learning. And then we'll conclude by talking about how to accept responsibility for our manifestations without assuming blame for those challenges. So in any case, this is an awesome episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and I'll see you guys soon. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Zach Luz. Welcome to Guided, a podcast that's all about following your intuition no matter where it guides you. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about how to ascend with friends with my personal emotional intuitive advisor, Chelsea Skilakote. And um, we're going to talk about how to ascend with friends in the right way, devoid of distortion, so that you can enjoy your spiritual journey without um, having to go the whole way alone. So we're going to talk about what are some of the common roadblocks that come up, um, and yeah, it's going to be a fun conversation. So thanks, Chelsea, for being with us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited about this conversation. Me too. So the reason, so a couple of reasons I wanted to have this, um, a couple of reasons I wanted to have you on the show. So first of all, you've just been like immensely helpful to me in my life. And I'm very, very grateful to you for that. Do you think you could explain a little bit about what an emotional intuitive advisor is 
and you know how you've been able to help me kind of walk through some of some of the things that we've worked on you know what does that mean to you and yeah just can you just describe it a little bit so people understand you know the nature of uh, of our relationship yeah absolutely um so i i always feel like first off it's really good to go into any kind of like relationship, friendship, conversation, um, or at least like one of the important conversations, like the ones that we usually um, dive into with kind of just like an open mind and an open heart and um, kind of like holding space for that person. Um, so like a lot of times with you, you've come to me with um, kind of heavy, heavier things, you know, and um, I can kind of sense where your emotions at and, automatically I'll just kind of start holding the space for you so that you are able to feel safe in your expression. And then from there, I'll kind of just feel into, um, you know, what things I could say or, or kind of guide you into to kind of release that state and to make you see like another way of seeing it or um, a way of kind of navigating through the emotion that you're going through. <laughs> and it's it's kind of cool too because sometimes um I, sometimes I don't even know the things that I'm saying to you. It just kind of I'm just like oh I have to tell this is what I have to say to Zach. It doesn't really make much sense, but you know and, and so I'll just tell you whatever is kind of coming to me, um, whether it makes sense or not. Yeah, and it's just really cool to be able to help you that way. And I I really appreciate you reaching out to me when um you know anything comes up and it's. It's just um, really cool to know that um, you're, like, assisting somebody in in that way. There's been a lot of emotions that I've had to go through myself, and I know how hard it can be to get through it. So being able to help people get through that um, is really, really rewarding. Also, to put this in context, you know, a lot of the times when I come to you and we talk about things that are going on for me, you know, I think... Some people might have connotations around like, oh, okay, so you guys talk about your feelings together. That must mm-hmm. be nice. And, you know, <laughs> but a lot of the people that are listening to this, you know, they're very high performers. Mm-hmm. And they work on big things. So I just want to share that some of the things that I come and talk to you about are very, very physical, practical, real world things. You know, yeah. things like when I want to when I wanted to raise my prices for my mm-hmm. private healing work. Yeah. Um I had to work through so many different blocks and through your help my rates they've gone up a lot a lot more than uh when I started out. Um mm-hmm. you know, I reach out to you and you can read me and like scan me and then you can kind of see what's going on for me emotionally. You know, we work through those emotions and then like a lawsuit that I'm going through that starts resolving. So Right. Just to put this in perspective, you know, it's not just about us getting together and, you know, talking about our feelings, although we do do that and enjoy like a huge friendship. But I don't Mm -hmm. want to undervalue or uh, misrepresent the scale of the change that you are able to bring into my life and bring into Mm -hmm. other people's lives, because you've, you've made some really, really big changes for me, as well as us enjoying a really, really unique friendship that I think is going to be super important for people that are on a spiritual journey because a lot of times it is a pretty solo thing. In addition to that, actually, it's kind of, it's like, um, like we will talk about the emotions and we'll kind of just apply, like once we get through the emotions, that's when we can apply like what we went through. So like the feeling that we get on the other side is what we can apply to all the practical things. And so um, in that sense, it kind of works really well with, you know, real life practical stuff too. <laughs> yeah. So you want to talk a little bit about how we kind of got to where you are now, because uh, um, it's it's really different what you do. Like I've, I have friends that are really empathetic and that care about me a lot. And, you know, if they can sense that something's bothering me, you know, sometimes they'll ask questions or offer advice. But your abilities are of a pretty, pretty high level where I don't even have to say something and then you can instantly read me and know the most intimate things that are going on inside of me and be able to describe them oftentimes better than I can describe them in my own words. So Mm -hmm. how, (laughs) 
how did you develop your abilities and get to that point? And like, were you always like this or did you kind of learn it over time? Like just kind of take people on that journey of how you kind of got, how you came into your abilities. Of course. Um, So uh, to be like, honestly, when, when I do tap into, you know, people's emotional state, it, it kind of just, comes I, it just comes naturally i've i've i think it, i've been like this my whole life um but it was wasn't until actually until i met you um maybe a little bit before that that i realized that i could you know use these gifts the way i do now um the way i do help you you know it kind of just came into light um you know that i can actually help people with this um but i've kind of you know i've always been sensitive to, you know, other people's emotions, um, just the environment that I I am in at times. Um, so I think it's always been something that, that I've had inside, um, uh, but it was only until recently that I, I understood it in the way that you're, you put it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I could always tell when um, family members were upset, I would you know, call, I call my sister, I call, call my dad, my mom, anytime I felt like they were upset and there was always something, you know, going on with them. So yeah, it's just something I've always felt like, uh, I've always had within me for sure. And it was hard too to kind of, um, navigate it at first, you know, because I thought, <laughs> I almost thought I was, I was just super abnormal because I would just feel all these things and I, it was hard to discern whether they were my feelings or somebody else's or, you know, where they were coming from. So I've uh, definitely learned to kind of hone, hone in on them a little bit um, more precisely and, and kind of control how I use the gift. So I'm, I'm curious, how have you learned to hone your abilities? Cause it's like you, you, kind of grow up and you know that you've got something special mm-hmm. and you can just read people and, and scan them on a really deep level. Yeah. Um, I mean, I imagine that must've been really challenging feeling like an outcast. Yeah. Just like, how did you kind of work yourself through that? Because I think a lot of people listening, they probably have similar abilities, mm-hmm. um, probably not to the same level that you have them, but, they, they are working through this and they're kind of going through that maturation process of starting to trust their abilities more and more and trying to hone them and refine them. Like, how did you work through that? Um, well, I um, I actually ignored them for a long time so that I felt like I fit in, you know, um, you know, because it was hard to relate to a lot of people. Um, so I, I had to, I basically just ignored it to be able to relate to people and <laughs> and have friends and, you know, experience a good social life and all that. I guess it's just been kind of in accepting that it doesn't really have to be one way or the other. Like um, I can have all these feelings and not necessarily turn them off, but I can learn to also, it's like um, living in a, a two different worlds, but being able to navigate both of them. So you know, I don't have to, knowing that I don't have to um, relate to everybody on this level, um, but there's people that I can relate to on this level. So that's been really helpful, um, just kind of finding people here and there, you included, that I can, you know, just um, be able to have a friendship with and, and about on this level and talk about these kind of things. Um, but just knowing that I don't have to have that with everybody. And I think that was a big thing. Um, a big thing that I realized that helped me kind of just accept um, these feelings that I'll have or these, um, you know, because it's very intense. Like, (laughs) I feel a lot of emotions a lot of times. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you were able to kind of navigate between those two worlds, Um, like switching it on and switching it off? Right. Yeah, kind of. (laughs) It's hard to explain, but it's, um, it's almost like, and I know we've talked about this before. It's like an energetic thing where I almost have to, it's like if I feel safe in the environment that I'm in, where I can express this kind of thing and be able to feel and, you know, people are, are wanting that kind of help, then I can like almost express 
expand um, the energy field and, and like open up more. Um, but if I'm in an environment where I feel like maybe, I mean, I use this word very loosely, unsafe. Not, it's not really unsafe, but it's just an environment that maybe isn't conducive to me kind of opening my myself up. Um, I just kind of, and by honing in, I, I kind of mean just like collecting the energy and kind of pulling it closer to me so that it's more, it's more just on the, it's more, it's closer to me so that it's not really being shared with everybody in certain situations, but then in others I can. So like, for example, you know, when you come to me with questions, I'll, it's almost like I just start, I open up that energy field so that I can like allow you into it and then allow myself to expand into your energetic and, and your emotions and your feelings. Yeah. But it, it wasn't until recently, but you know, pretty recently that I've actually learned that skill because uh, <laughs> it was a little chaotic, you know, most of my life because I didn't know how to do that. It was, I would always be open, you know, I was just constantly open. So it caused a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of turmoil <laughs> emotionally. So then what does it feel like when someone's clicking with you and connecting with you in a way that is very respectful? And what does it feel like when you know um, that you can trust another person? Like, what does it feel like when it's a really good fit for anybody that else, anybody else that's trying to navigate through this transition? You know, how do you know when it's when it feels right? Well, I always feel more of like an expansive type of energy. So if I come in contact with somebody and I, I can almost feel, um, you know, a little bit like um, restrictive or, um, you know, I can kind of tell if there's something about them that I don't really want to, um, I, I don't know, like open up to or something. It's just, it's just when I feel like there's a right, a right fit, you just feel like there's no tension. You just feel, you know, happy and expansive and, there's no real question about the about the person. Um, I think we all kind of, you know, we have, we can use our intuition in that way because um, I think we all have, you know, intuition and we can kind of sense things, right? So, like, you know, if you, just if you think about meeting anybody for the first time, it's kind of, it's not the first impression that they give, but it's just how do you feel like inside your body when you come across this person or when you're around this person, you know, like you feel like you tighten up, you feel like you're relaxed and, you know, open. Are you, do you feel joyful? You know, you can kind of sense within your body, um, you know, if you feel any of those things and kind of you'll be able to tell if it's a good idea to get closer to this person or or not really, you know. And it doesn't mean they're bad. <laughs> it just means that, you know, maybe it's not the right fit for you or the right, um, or, you know, or maybe it's not energetically conducive to to your path or your journey. Yeah, there's this one study that I really like on intuition where what they did was they had, they had people come in and then they had two different sets of pictures. So mm-hmm. one were like very arousing pictures or like, things with, that would feel really good to our body. And then the other set of pictures were like ones with like death or torture or just things that were very, very displeasing. Mm-hmm. So then what they did was uh, they would get one ready and they would show it to the subject. Um, but they had all this different equipment on them, uh, basically mapping, mapping the reactions of their body. And what they found was, about five seconds before they would turn one of the, one of those pictures over, the body would know. So the body would either oh. spike in adrenaline to protect itself from the negative thing, or it would mm-hmm. release all the other chemicals for because it could feel the positive thing coming. So wow, that's cool. For for people that are having a hard time, because I feel like we all have that unless we have you know, blocks and everything yeah. to feeling our intuition. Right. Um, or it's miscalibrated or something like that. We all kind of know. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to your gut feeling. Yeah. Um, how how have you cultivated that trust in yourself to where, I mean, I, I can imagine, you know, there may have been a time where 
you didn't feel like your gut feeling always knew best, but now it's like <laughs> when you have when you have an intuitive hit, like I don't think anyone can argue with you. I mean, I've <laughs> argued argued with you before, and you're just like, mm, I don't think so, Zach. Like no, think. Zach, that's a that's how it is. Yeah. Um, so how have you cultivated that trust? Yeah. So actually, it's interesting. I mean, I've just kind of cultivated it by the signs I've been shown, um, you know, throughout my life and and throughout different relationships. And just looking back at um, a lot of them, there were signs throughout the whole time, (laughs) the whole relationship, you know, Um, you know, little, just little things that um, I could almost feel like uh, that there wasn't a click or wasn't, there wasn't, a respect factor or, or it wasn't, um, the relationship wasn't really on an even pedestal, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, just looking back, there's always little signs, you know, maybe just start feeling like you can't have as open a conversation with somebody or they, they say something that just kind of puts you off a little bit, you know, and it's, yeah, I think there's just always little hints throughout um, any kind of interaction with anybody, you know, whether it's a job interview, whether it doesn't matter how long um, the relationship is or what it's for, really. You know, it could be you're going out with somebody for, you know, five years, and then all of a sudden you start noticing signs. Um, It could be just, you know, someone at the DMV that you talk to for five minutes. But there's just little signs here and there that show you um, kind of the path that you should, you know, whether you should stay in this or, or not. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And I've just, yeah, and just looking back, I've just been in awe actually of just all the different signs that I, I remember the signs and I remember the feelings and I, a lot of times went with them. um, But a lot of times I ignored them, you know, and like, always something happened you know always it's it's just (laughs) it showed me that that those signs were things I should listen to you know and after enough trial and error with that you just kind of get to the point where you know what you know right yeah exactly so yeah it's all been just from experience for the most part and um, now I just you know I've just come to a point where I don't even I don't question myself anymore you know, I used to question it and I used to use um, logic more um, uh, before anything else, you know, like I would feel these things. Um, but, you know, growing up and throughout my basically my whole life, I've just been told like, oh, you know, don't listen to your emotions. You got to be logical. You have to use your head. And so that would always take over, you know, Um and I just have learned to listen to myself because, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's just kind of crazy not to, especially when, yeah, you're just just been shown that I should. <laughs> okay. So then one thing that you said that was pretty interesting was this idea of someone being on a pedestal in the relationship versus mm-hmm. both being on the same level. That's kind of one thing I notice and really appreciate about our friendship is it feels very much we're on that same level. And mm-hmm. it's a, there's a respect, there's a peer thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder, how have your friendships felt as you've kind of ascended to higher levels? What's happened with, uh, what's happened with friendships? And, you know, how have you navigated this whole, like, pedestal dynamic as mm-hmm. your abilities got deeper and deeper to where, you know, you could just read someone, know exactly what's going on with them. How did that change your friendship dynamic with people over time? Well, actually, it's interesting because I would put people on a pedestal. I would put other people on a pedestal. You know, I've, and I, it's, this is really interesting, and I don't know how to explain this exactly, but in a lot of my old friendships, I would put them on a pedestal thinking like, oh, my gosh, this person is, I'm so lucky to have this person in my life, and they you know, show me all these things and thank goodness for them, you know, but I never really looked at what I contribute to them a lot of the time. And it's really interesting because I almost think that some of the friendships that ended 
were because they could almost feel like I was putting them up on a pedestal. Like I, I, they could maybe feel like I was um, a little bit needy or expectant of, you know, them to like, like help me with something or, you know, it was, and this is like before I started listening to myself, like, (laughs) you know, I was like, oh, they know better. Like maybe they can help me with this. They're spiritual or they, they know this. And it kind of, um, yeah, so even in that respect, you know, if you put other people higher than you, it doesn't work because I think energetically they can feel that. Um, and it's almost like a lot of pressure for them. So they back out, um, you know, and then, um, you know, if you put yourself higher than people, you could come off, you know, a lot of different ways to them. Um, I don't know. There's like, so many different ways you can come off to people that um, you might not be trying to do. Um, but, you know, people can read that too. <laughs> so it's a, it's just, just been very interesting because I've, I've kind of just since evolving into this, I've just noticed the people that are always like, open and understanding. So it's like, I think what it is, is you have to juggle, like, of course, we're all human, and we're going to have our ups and downs, and we're not perfect. And, you know, there'll be times when, you know, maybe a friend does get on your nerves for a certain reason, or you get on there. And that's okay. You know, it's not that it's just how you kind of um, approach that and how you deal with that. So what I've noticed with my friendships is I'm able to kind of in being able to understand them more and see them as equal to me, they're actually able to do the same to me. So it's kind of like if you put that energy out, it'll come back to you in the same way. But if you put out energy where you feel inferior to somebody or, or if you feel better than, than them, they're going to catch on to that and they're going to notice you know, they're not going to respond in the right way and the friendship will end, you know, whereas if you just approach it in that in a mutual way, the friendship can grow from there because the energies are matching. Oh, no. And I was going to say, and it's just interesting, the people that fall into your life and fall out of your life when when you um, do change that perspective. Yeah, there's like this common phrase that gets uttered in the whole um, spiritual, personal growth community that's like you are the average of the five people around you and i remember i asked one of my mentors it's like what what do you think about that and what she said was well i i understand that but i think it's more like the five people around you they're more of a reflection of your your internal changes like who you are on the inside invites those people in and out of your life Mm-hmm. So right. how has your definition of a good friend changed over time? That's a good question. Um, so like I said before, I would literally be friends with anybody. I <laughs> I didn't care, you know, what you did, who you hung out with, um, how I really felt around them. You know, I, I would just be friends with anybody. But I think now, let's see, what would my definition be? Just someone that's can be understanding to, you know, your feelings. So they'll, they'll listen to you. They respect how you feel, not necessarily agree. They don't have to agree with it, um, but they just, you know, respect it and kind of work through any kind of kinks or misunderstandings with you, you know, and without taking it without, and, and I think it's different. Like if something can be personal, but they, you don't have to take it personal. So if somebody, you know, if they're, if you have an issue with them or they have an issue with you, like instead of reacting to that and getting defensive, they, they want to work with you on it and figure it out, you know, um, whether it's what something you did wrong to them or something they did wrong, not necessarily wrong, but just something they did that irked you or vice versa. Um, just someone that's able to just talk and work through that and, be there and, you know, not, not take everything so personal and like not someone that doesn't get defensive over it, you know, and also somebody that's not 
that doesn't need you all the time. You know, they're able to let you have your space if needed. Yeah, just someone that respects your time, someone you can laugh with, you know, just all that fun stuff. So someone you can have fun with, but also you can kind of dive deeper into, you know, the deeper parts of a relationship with as well. It's like thinking back to my childhood, I used to think like a really good friend was someone who had my back, where it's like, if we got in a fight with someone, they would mm-hmm. just like totally defend me. But now I kind of have a much different perspective where I, I wouldn't, it's not like the people that fight for mm-hmm. me. I don't really consider that like a really, uh, a much better friend than anybody else. I think that's one paradigm that we kind of uh, can get a little confused about sometimes. Yeah, it's more of just like a, a softer relationship, you know? Um, because I think a lot of times when someone's like fighting for you, it's almost like something within themselves that they need to justify, right? So it's it comes from a different place. It's like I think a real true friend, it doesn't come, they don't need the relationship for any justification of their own needs. They just want to be there for you and, you know, stay, same with you. You want to be there for them, you know? They don't have to prove anything. They just have to... <laughs> like kind of hold space for you and be there and maybe trust you to fight your own battles if you need to, you know, that's another thing too. You know, I've tried describing our friendship mm-hmm. to uh, other people and, you know, I guess the the only thing that I keep saying is I'm just like energetically, it just feels really clean. Mm-hmm. Like there's no grabbing from one another. There's like this, there's this respect, but we actually kind of have an interesting story, you know, coming, like creating a friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so <laughs> I what, still think it's really funny that I've never actually <laughs> seen your face <laughs> no, in person. No. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so we were just introduced by a friend um, that basically said that we'd have a lot in common and we would get along. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and And we do, so... I was going to say, it's like we've been like digital pen pals, like tech, <laughs> yeah. tech pals. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Yeah, but it's it's been cool because I know we've, uh, you've definitely like shown me a lot of things and um, helped me kind of um, get over a lot of issues, like fear or like, just little things that I um, had trouble with, like talking on the phone, for example, is one of them. So doing this right now <laughs> It's kind of like a little um, step for me. and But, yeah, I do feel like it's very clean and non-judgy, you know, because we definitely tell each other a lot of things that <laughs> probably wouldn't tell too many people. So um, just to be able to know that we're not being judged and, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's always great too. I actually remember one time I, I was uh, – and not a lot of people do this, but um, – I don't know, I was going off on some kind of tangent and I had definitely thought that I was like overstepping a little bit. And uh, I think the next day you were like, everything okay? (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's cool. Okay, cool. Like, you know, I just thought that was really nice because usually people won't, I don't know, it's like a, a kind of like you get, it's like you get it, you know, you're like, okay, it's like, it's cool. Hope you're doing okay after that. You know, whereas a lot of people would just be like, oh, my gosh, that was a little much or something, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And I just appreci- I appreciated that a lot. So Yeah, got it. So it's like, okay, we have an intense conversation. Emotions are flying. And <laughs> rather than meeting you with judgment or, uh, or like, hostility of any kind, I'm just kind of coming there, like, just checking in on you and making sure you're doing okay. Right, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I felt I felt that too on the receiving end as well. Mm-hmm. So, so I think a lot of people that are on the spiritual journey uh, feel really alone. Mm-hmm. And I know you've gone through that a little bit. Um, what would you What would you tell them about that part of the journey about going alone and like? kind of refining the people that you allow into your space. Well, it's interesting because I've, I've, um, what I found is that we're kind of 
we're never alone and we're always alone, if that makes sense. So it's like, you know, going through a spiritual journey alone, I think is the way to do it. Like, it's like, you just have to accept that, you know, this, your it's going to be your personal journey. So you, there will be a little bit of aloneness to it, but you also can, you know, I think it's also important to kind of find like a, a community space where you where there's like-minded people that are trying to do the same thing um so that you can just um even though your own journey is going to be your your soul soul journey it's going to be like lonely in a way and you're you're going to do it you have to do it alone almost is what i kind of feel um but there are definitely you know people that can support you and so you know whether it's like a a relationship you're in um that supports you through it if you don't have that, then like reaching out to like people in your community or just um, going to different things that interest you or that you want to learn about, you know, and you can always meet people that are um, inspiring to, to work towards the same thing. So you don't have to be alone through the journey. And that's really helped me as I've just, um, you know, I've, I've had, I have people for sure that are close to me and, you know, support me and you know I don't really feel completely alone um but it has helped to reach out to just other like-minded people and have fun conversations and do fun things um just to kind of keep the momentum going you know so you don't kind of <laughs> so you don't drown in it <laughs> so it's like you have to have a good mix of the internal and the external relationship yeah but I think when you start to go through a spiritual journey it's always going to feel lonely because it's um you you have to kind of look within you know so it's like you're looking within instead of looking on the outside so it's just inevitable that you're going to be feeling a little bit alone at certain points and I think that's natural to be honest I think that's just part of it sometimes I felt lonely and I've tried to fight it or distract myself, you know, and in doing that, I actually disconnected from the process almost. And it wasn't until I just accepted like, okay, like, yeah, you're going to feel a little lonely sometimes, like big deal. Just, <laughs> just, you know, you can get through it. Like they're just, they're feelings. They, they go through you, you know, and you're, you're just, that's part of life. You're going to feel, you're not, you know, there's good, there's, positive feelings and there's not so positive feelings and to go through the spiritual process I think you need to feel it all yeah (laughs) so then what was really beneficial for you when you stopped resisting you know being alone like I like what you said you're like you know I tried to fight it but then it kind of disconnected me from the whole awakening Mm -hmm. how has being alone and you learning to be comfortable with those feelings, how has that helped you make it through the spiritual process and also bring in the right friends for you? Yeah, that um, that happened because when I stopped reaching out to people to feel whole in a way, it's like, you know, a lot of times, um, like you're, we're almost taught that we're not whole we had to find relationships outside of ourselves to complete us almost, you know? And I think a lot of times that's what I would look for. I was like, Oh, I feel lonely. Like who can I call to talk to, or who can I call to hang out or, you know, what person will, will help me through this. And I just kind of switched that over and uh, I started just looking inward and I was like, you know, yeah, I feel lonely, but, or I feel whatever, sad, lonely, hurt, I don't know, any kind of, <laughs> any kind of emotion. And I was like, well, I can help myself through it. Like, I don't need to to reach out to somebody to, to make me feel better. Like, I can do it. And I think that was like a huge step in my um, spiritual process um, to know that I could fix, I could help myself feel better. And so in doing that, I felt less and less alone anyway. Um, and in feeling less and less alone, I stopped reaching out to just anybody to, to get me out of it, you know? So, you know, I, instead of just being like, oh, I need something to do or somebody to hang out with, I'll just 
text all these random people and see what they're doing, you know, because I needed something, you know, whether it was to feel better, to be distracted, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, so within that switch, I just was able to reach out to people, not because I needed them, but because because I wanted to be in their presence because of our connection with each other. So it was just a whole different reason um, as to why I was reaching out to people and, and why I wanted to be around people. Um, it wasn't a need that I needed to fulfill. It was just because I wanted to cultivate that specific relationship with that person or, you know, I would think, oh, this will be fun to do with this person. You know, this is the person I want to do this with. Reaching out to people for a different reason is kind of what helped me discern, you know, who to reach out to and who to be friends really close with. It seems like you went from needing friends to preferring friends. Right. So then you weren't controlled by it. Exactly. Like, like if you need ice cream and you go out during the day and it's like you're hanging out with people, but then you're like, hey, guys, we do need to go get ice cream because I need ice cream, <laughs> um, then it's like it kind of controls your whole experience. Right. Versus just going out and being totally okay and be like, oh, yeah, ice cream sounds great. Or we can get, I don't know, smoothies or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> then, you're no, then you're no longer beholden to that one thing. So it sounds like that loneliness period it helped you kind of shed that that aspect of yourself so that when you went back into connecting with friends, um, you could do it from that clean energetic space. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it was all the space that I that I was coming from for sure that shifted. Yeah, and then it allowed more trust in my you know, I just had more so much more trust in myself because I was coming to myself to like to make myself feel better and it was just kind of amazing, you know, and so the trust grew and um, yeah, everything just kind of stemmed from there. <laughs> so in going through the loneliness, like it's like a lot of good things can come out of it. And it's not always completely lonely, you know, I mean, there's <laughs> it's not like you're in a cave by yourself all the time, but you know, there's little just like tidbits of feel of those feelings that come up and you got to find a way to go through them. And I think the best way is to look within for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's the other perspective around this where people go, okay, let's flip this and go to the complete other side of the spectrum where it's like, well, if I really care about my spiritual experience, I'm going to go into the Himalayas, <laughs> find a cave, you know, a million miles away from everyone, and then I'm going to yeah. meditate for five years, and then <laughs> I'll be spiritual. Right. Uh, if someone was thinking that they need to go to that level of extreme on being alone, what would you say to them? Well, honestly, I think uh, if that's what they feel they need to do, then maybe that's what they need to do, you know. But I don't think we all need to do that to feel spiritual. Um, I think we all have our own ways of coming into it. But, yeah, I mean, if someone wants to do that, I would say, like, go for it. <laughs> but don't don't expect that to be the thing that, you know, if you feel like maybe that'll help, maybe it will. But don't expect that to be, like, the end-all, be-all because – that's not, you know, it's like that's an option, but that's not something that might be the the 100% what you need to do, you know. You might find that that wasn't helpful, <laughs> but in finding that that wasn't helpful, that's still the process you had to go through, you know. Or you might go there and come back and just completely feeling like you hit enlightenment, and that's great too, you know. So just I feel like if you're being called to do that, then you should follow that. Um, but just don't expect it to lead you to where um, you want it to, if that makes sense. Got it. Like letting go of controlling the process. Yeah, exactly. So I've had this experience where a lot of the time, like as I was going through that uh, that loneliness period, mm-hmm. where I would just be thinking to myself, I mean, I used to have a men's group in um, San Diego when I lived there. And it was me and, like, the group eventually grew to being, like, 70 people big. Oh, cool. So then we'd go and we'd connect and do all that stuff. And then I moved up to Northern California. And I was going, starting to go through that loneliness period that you described. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know, I should connect with more friends. So then I just started going to a men's group up here. Mm-hmm. 
and made cool connections with people. But it was just this thing where it's like, it just felt like all the men there, they were great. Um, they We got along. A lot of the core values were, uh, they matched well, but just a couple of them didn't. And then even though they're great people and, and everything, I just felt myself a lot of times going like, man, I just can't talk with them about this. You know, mm-hmm. I can I can talk with my, I'm like, I, I just got to text Chelsea about this. Mm-hmm. And she's just like the only one that gets it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you ever felt that way? And if somebody was feeling that way, what would you recommend? Hmm. So you're kind of asking if like you feel just disconnected from a lot of the people that you're around? Yeah, it was like I was yeah. there and I was like, you know, I should really like these people. They're super cool. You know, a bunch of them were entrepreneurs, which mm-hmm. totally fits me and 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 everything. I'm like these and they're great. They're great men. And I'm like, I should really like these people. Mm-hmm. But there was just that little thing that was off. Right. So if somebody else is feeling that way, like what would you tell them about that feeling? Well, there's actually like two ways you can look at it. And one is, you know, maybe that's just not the right space for you. Like, because I mean, just because someone's a good person and they they seem interesting and they're, you know, fun or they have certain qualities that you you do look up to and you do feel like, oh, I should be around this person. Like if the energetic connection isn't there and you don't feel like you really have an energetic or even like a emotional connection to them to where you can talk about things that you want to talk about. Um, I think then that's just, you know, that's just what it is. And, you know, there's so many people out there that you're going to find someone, you know, you're going to find people that you can be that way with. So, you know, there's that way to look at it. And then there's also another thing, which I think you and I have touched on this a lot too, just about if you want to take a deeper dive into yourself, and look at maybe some boundaries that you're actually putting up. So it could actually be coming from within you as in like you have some kind of aversion to these people because I don't know, maybe there's something inside you that you can shift. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe to look at that first. And then if if you find that there's something within you that you can shift to open yourself up more or, you know, maybe something, maybe the connection will come after you clear that up. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's like uh, that's exactly what I ended up doing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure we spoke about this, but I did. I ended up doing this frequency meditation where it was all around clearing out distor- the distortions of being in groups and then like falling victim to like some of the distortions that happen in groups where, mm-hmm. it's like, where you lose yourself or you. Yeah, that's like you la- try to latch on to other people to feel that completeness. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I clear away all that stuff for myself uh, through this frequency meditation I did, and it was unreal. So cool. I, I kept telling Camille about it, and mm-hmm. it's like I would go to the gym, and the same same guys that I had seen there, and we just give each other like the casual nod mm-hmm. the, for, for months. It's like they come over and they're like, you know, man, uh, I see you in here all the time. Like, what's the, what's the deal? And like they start connecting. And then I get invited with friends and friends that sometimes like we connect in um, like really deep ways. And other times they like don't have time for me. Like I just have amazing conversations with them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, That's so crazy. (laughs) I think that is a really good point to Mm -hmm. whatever is showing up in our friends. It's always, I mean, just like everything else, it's always just a reflection of what's going on inside of us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another way you can really use um, your intuition to de- to decide whether is it something within me that is causing this miscommunication between this person or this group, or is it something that is coming from them that is kind of telling me like this is not a good match. Yeah. You know, I think that's where you have to kind of get in touch with yourself more to discern that. Because I've noticed a lot of that, too. It's really crazy when um, – and you've helped me clear a lot of little things within me, too. And it, and when when I cleared them, the same kind of stuff happened. Like, people would just be – I don't know, random things would happen. Like, someone would randomly bring me a bunch of cookies one day or, like, you know, oh, I was thinking about you. Here's this. Like, or, 
you know, someone would reach out that I haven't heard from in forever and, and want to get coffee or just little things. It's like, yeah, it just shows you that, oh, wow, like this stuff really works. <laughs> it's really cool. You just have to be aware enough to, you know, notice, notice it so that you can shift it and that you can make the decision that way. Do you have any, uh, any other stories about things that you've cleared out for yourself and then you saw like the tangible physical results show up pretty instantly where you could kind of like track the whole process and you're like, oh yeah, that thing that I just shifted emotionally, here, here's the physical result of that. There's been like so many, I'd have to really like dive deep and think of one. Can I come back to that question in a little bit? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll share, I'll share one that just happened for me. Yeah, I was, so one pattern that I was working through the other day was about not needing to earn things. Not needing to 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 do something in order to move up to higher levels. So you can't really get a gift and receive a gift um, if you're earning the gift. You know what I mean? Like it kind mm-hmm. of ruins the purity of that. Mm-hmm. So I was talking with Camille about this, and then we she helped me kind of see it, and then I cleared it out. Mm-hmm. It was crazy because my dad he um, he texted me. And one thing that I had always been a little bit bummed out about was uh, when I graduated college, my graduation present was now it's now I have to just take on my whole student loan. Mm-hmm. And it was like, all right, you pay that. And I was like, yeah, that's fair and everything. But it kind of sucked to just mm-hmm. get hit with like a big, a big bill when like my friends were like, oh, I just got a car. I just want yeah. <laughs> like I the worst a- present. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, I was always kind of scared about that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, I have to go to college, so what the hell am I complaining about? So then, right as I cleared that pattern around um, always having to earn it versus just receiving gifts and being open to gifts coming in, I cleared that, and then within, it was like the next morning, uh, my dad texts me, and he goes, hey, man. Or he says, hey, are you still paying off your student loan? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I uh, just want to let you know. Uh, I'm going to pay it off in the next couple of months. Oh, cool. And I did nothing for it. Mm-hmm. It was it was really intense for me because that happened right when I had other, like, really cool business stuff come in after mm-hmm. I did absolutely nothing for it. Mm-hmm. And my emotions were already high because I was, I was really excited to be able to work with these new clients. That come in. And then that happened for my dad. And I just, Camille was painting in the studio. And then I just walk over there. And then she looks at me and just, what's wrong? And then I just I just started crying. I was like just sobbing because <laughs> it was like my, my pattern with my dad has always been like, I feel like I have to do something to earn it. You know, I don't mm-hmm. ask for like a handout or anything like that. And to mm-hmm. just feel his support is like a gift. Wow, it that's really. It wasn't about the money. It was just about feeling my dad going, I got you, man. I got your back. And feeling that, uh, it was just, I got I got super emotional. That's so <laughs> and, cool. Oh, wow. I, was just, I just look at Camille and I'm, she's like, give me the sweetest hug. And I just, I'm saying, I, I didn't do anything. I didn't mm-hmm. do anything to deserve this. Aww. And she's like, <laughs> she's like crying. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> but it ended up being this super beautiful experience. So, that's um, awesome. That's amazing. I like that. Yeah, that's really cool. I guess mine would be um, my sister and I have um, always had an interesting relationship because we're just so different. Yes, we're just such different people. Um, so we've always, I mean, we we love each other so much. We're like best friends. But we're just so different that like we just get, and we would just disagree about the, everything, you know, a lot of times, like how to live and, and like the ways to relate to people and how to live life and just like all this stuff. And so a pattern in her and I's relationship has always been if we get into a fight, I'm always the the one that comes to her and apologizes and like says like let's fix this like I want to fix this you know like I always have to had to make the first move always like 
in my 30 years of life, you know, like always that was just how we fixed things because she would never, ever be the one to apologize ever. And I was just used to it. You know, I just accepted it like, okay, well, I'm going to have to go on and, you know, apologize and make sure everything's fine, make sure everything's okay. And it was interesting because it was, it might have been like a year ago and I was talking to her like through text and we were arguing about something. Um, and she, she didn't understand like why I wasn't able to do something for her. Like, I think it was, you know, I don't, I don't even know something like really simple, like send her something. We'll just use this as an example, like send her this thing in the mail by Friday. Right. Like I I just can't, couldn't do it. (laughs) Um, And so we got into this argument and usually what I would do would be just like to give in to what she needed and what she wanted and be like, okay, I'll just have to like sacrifice and like, I'll make it happen because she needs this, you know? And I was just like, I was just sitting there like in the middle of the conversation. I was just like, no, Chelsea, no, you have, you need to take care of yourself and you can't, you cannot do this right now. Like you just can't, she's going to have to accept it. And I just said that to myself and the conversation ended. We're still kind of in fight mode. And literally like an hour or two later, she texted me back and she was like, I am so sorry. Like she was like, that was just, I'm really sorry that I upset you. And that was not right of me to expect that or, you know, whatever she said. But it was like this full on just like apology. And I was just like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, and it was all because I just shifted like what from my belief of like what I deserved. And like I held up a boundary of like, no, like she's going to have to deal with the fact that I just can't do this right now. Anyway, you just can't. Um, So instead of like bending over backwards and like not putting myself really first at all, um, I just shifted it and then I got an apology and it was awesome. And it was the same kind of feeling. Like I was just like overwhelmed, like emotional about it. (laughs) And it's pretty cool how quick it works too. Like It's mm -hmm. insane. I love it. Yeah, me too. the most practical thing ever. Like all these etheric, super abstract emotions, most practical, fastest working, most effective thing mm-hmm. ever. Yeah, totally. I agree. So you've taken a lot of ownership in shifting your pattern. How can someone um, be more aware and take uh, ownership over their patterns and start shifting them and start getting those experiences like you and I just shared? Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of it is taking responsibility for the patterns that you have. So that's that was a huge thing for me is um, just owning up to it. Like, okay, Chelsea, like you created this pattern for you. Like nobody else had anything to do with it. You know, like they were all players in it for sure. But like you are the one that's controlling this pattern. <laughs> you're, you're the one not breaking through it. And so I think when something just, when you notice a pattern and the way to notice it, I think just working you know, with um, other people that are working on that too helps you kind of start noticing, you know, Um, you know, I don't know, taking workshops on it or just having friendships that are kind of revolved around that. You know, if you're, if you surround yourself with people that are noticing things like that, then you'll start noticing it about yourself. And that's kind of what happened for me. And I just started looking at all these like patterns that I had and these beliefs about myself and, I was just like, no more. Like, this is crazy. I have to, like, <laughs> I have to shift this because it's just insane. And then the way I did it, I would almost replace it with something else. Like, you taught me a lot of this, actually. But it's like, just like, okay, I, I have this pattern. I don't want to have this pattern anymore. What can I put in the place of it? So, like, for example, the, the thing with my sister, it's like the my pattern was I was always making sure everyone else was okay and that the situation was was good and everyone else was happy. And I switched it to be like, okay, well, I'm putting up a boundary and I'm going to make myself happy. And then, you know, I deserve to be happy too. Like I deserve to make myself feel okay in this situation. Like I, I can't always make other people feel okay. And so things like that. So I'll take that into a lot of things. Like um, recently, you know, I just have this pattern with, I needed to feel pain to learn things almost is what I kind of like decided the pattern was. I just thought to myself, I was like, well, no, I don't like I, I've, there's been enough emotional pain. Like I don't need to learn that way anymore. Like I need to find a new way of learning. So 
you know, I pretty much just say to myself, like, no more of this. How else can I learn from, how else can I move forward and how else can I learn? And um, there's like just so many other ways that you could be and you don't always have to like learn and be stuck and repeat the same things over and over again. Was there another part of your question that I, that you asked though that I didn't answer? <laughs> um, I think you asked like a three part question. <laughs> I, yeah, I got to stop doing that. But no, what was coming up for me, just to kind of lock that in even more was I saw a picture of um, like kids from long, long time ago, you know, like the really strict like disciplinarian schools mm-hmm. where it's like, if you didn't say something right, the teacher would come and smack your fingers with a ruler or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like I think nowadays teachers would probably go to jail for that. Um, yeah. And the kids are really smart. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, there are other ways to learn at even higher levels. Give a kid an iPad instead of smacking their. Smacking <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't, that's, exactly right and if you have that like like that belief that's whatever you believe like you're going to draw into you so if you just stop believing that that's the way that it works then it 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 isn't the way it works anymore so like all Um, those kids they believe like oh okay i'm gonna get i'm gonna hit over the hand or something by a ruler if i mess up and so that's what happens (laughs) because they're just like conditioned to believe that but if they start believing like oh maybe the teacher will pull me over to the side and talk to me about it. You know, maybe that would have happened if they all shifted their beliefs. So yeah. the, one, the one point I want to bring up here is because mm-hmm. I can hear a lot of people going like, well, no, my teacher would actually smack me. It didn't matter what I convinced myself. Mm-hmm. And, but for people to see these patterns on, on a deeper level, I think it's important that um, one of the things you're talking about earlier is if, it's important to take responsibility for these, Mm -hmm. but for a lot of the time, not only with when we work together, but when I work with other people, I want to be clear that even though we are the one that's creating that experience Mm -hmm. um, and it's our responsibility to change it, uh, a lot of times it's not our fault. Sometimes we inherit this stuff. It comes as like past life trauma. It comes as like ancestral stuff or mm-hmm. lineage or energetic stuff that we that we kind of come in with. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. By taking responsibility, it doesn't mean that you're saying that it's your fault at all. Yeah. 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 So I just want to delineate that in case someone's going like, oh, so you're blaming me for <laughs> getting my fingers smacked? I'm like, no, right. no, 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 no. But yes. it's more about inspiring us to the power that we have to shift our experience drastically. Exactly. Exactly. Because if you don't, it's just like, if you don't take responsibility for it, you don't, you don't put it in your own hands, you know, like it's kind of like you're, you're taking whatever it is and holding it in your hand, in your hands that you have the control to, to do whatever you want with it. Basically you can throw it, throw it away. You can smash it, you know, whatever. But if you don't take it in your own hands, it's just going to be, it's just going to be all over you, you know, it's going to, yeah. yeah, you have no control of it. Let's imagine you um, in the earlier stages of your spiritual journey. Let's imagine mm-hmm. you were listening to this interview. Is there one last little piece that you would want to give that younger version of Chelsea? Yeah, I would say just start like, I think the the first step, you know, to, getting more fulfilling friendships to kind of finding your, your path to becoming more spiritual is just kind of, um, is just to do things that bring you joy. So if you feel like you're stuck in a rut um, in any aspect of your life, just do little things like here or there that bring you happiness and joy. It, It could be anything. It could be, cooking yourself a really nice dinner every night. It could be, I don't know, calling your mom to say good morning every day. It could be buying yourself a a latte, like literally anything that just makes you happy. If you just start doing little things, it'll just shift your energy and it'll, it'll bring you a more positive experience in life. And then it'll attract more positive experiences and results into your life. So that's what I would say. (laughs) So then um, for anybody that's listening, Thank you to myself. Well, wow, that was incredibly valuable and useful. And wow, I now I understand so much more about life. 
If somebody wanted to start working with their own personal, intuitive, emotional advisor, mm-hmm. what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Um, they could email me at... Chelsea actually ended up getting a new email in between uh, when this was recorded and when this was released. So the correct email is skilakotechelsea at gmail.com. That is S-Q-U-I-L-L. A-C-O-T-E, Chelsea, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, at gmail.com. And, um, yeah, if they want to ask me a couple questions um, to get started, and I'd be happy to help them out and see if I can assist them them further. Cool. (laughs) All right. Sweet. Well, thanks so much, Chelsea. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Zach. Intro and outro music by The Passion Hi-Fi.